Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we're going to be the greatest podcast team since Jessica Simpson and her father. Only we get to meow, and they can't because it's illegal. I looked it up. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 220th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we finish our look at romantic comedies that failed to break the bank or bombcoms with an underrated gem from 2005, Just Friends. I am your eternally friend-zoned host, the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight for this chance to rekindle a high school romance that never was are the pod's own chubby bunny, Bling Blake. Mom, I need my skates to show off my skills. Are we are we doing this? Are we on right now? You're gonna have to wear rented skates. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not gonna go well for me. <laughs> and we've also got simply Captain. Is there Isn't any it? other kind? <laughs> Captain Cash. I do think it's great that we're ending up what is effectively a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Big city guy goes back to the small town, meets the small town girl of his dreams for Christmas time. So I mean, it kind of uh, worked out. It follows that pattern, and I tried to get you guys to do Checking It Twice, a Hallmark movie, and you refused. So so you foisted this upon us instead. Uh, yeah. Thanks. My mom did like Checking It Twice, for the record. It was so bad. I watched it. <laughs> I have it taped on my Hulu right now. Mama Bling likes the Hallmark movies. Well, I mean, who could blame you know, her? Yeah. Listen, as, as things go, yeah, could be worse things. Could be way worse things. For sure. All right, so points where you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. Just Friends is available to stream on Hulu because it was on some channel and you can watch it unedited because that's the beauty of Hulu. If something airs, uh, they don't give you the edited version. You can stream the actual version of the movie. So it is free there. Uh, Blink Blake, you were on beer tonight. So what are we drinking for Just Friends? Tonight, we are drinking Holidays IPA from Mad Tree Brewing here in Cincinnati, Ohio. A, because it's the season for holiday beers. Two, because Just Friends is not only a bomb-com, but also uh, absolutely a Christmas movie. And D, because I got to choose the beer and I wanted to highlight a Cincinnati Brewery. Two day, bitches. Well, that's great, because this is very much a Christmas movie, as you said. So how many bad movies would you watch, Christmas or otherwise, while drinking said beer? Yeah, let me give you, I'll tell you a little bit about it here, because uh, it's it's kind of interesting. It's labeled as an IPA with spruce tips. And uh, yeah, she's got, she's, she's a little piney. Um, so there's definitely a citrus note up front, but it it brings it with the pine on the back end. It pours a cloudy golden uh, color with about a finger of white head and some lacing. So overall, I'd say it's a pretty nice holiday IPA if, if you like piney beers. Like you have to like the pine or you won't like this. Um, okay. It yeah. does come in at a Captain Cash just approved 6.8 ABV. Ooh, close. I mean, though. close. Yeah. 
Very close. So I'm going to give it two bad movies. Um, I think I'll have to drink some water with it because it is kind of bitter and piney on the back end. Yeah, the pinier the IPA gets, the the less I am willing to uh, keep think. going on them. Yeah, it's it's unique. I don't know how how much I want to have more than than three of these. Yeah. All right. So, Just Friends was directed by Roger Cumble, who also helmed '90s horny teen favorite Cruel Intentions and Cruel Intentions too. He also directed a movie starring pod favorite Thomas Jane PJ called The Sweetest Thing. And I don't know if you've seen that, listeners or listener, but it's not good. I was unaware it was a thing. Uh, it's, it- actually, it's actually the sweetest thing. So. The sweetest thing. Is that a... Uh, Kate Hudson's not in that, is she? It's Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Selma That's Blair. Right. And I think there's another actress in it, but... Essentially, Christina Applegate, according yeah. to you. Yeah, yep, Christina Applegate. Yep, there you go. It's um, it's a pretty bad rom com. Like, definitely would have been suitable for, for this. Uh, and it had TJ. We didn't select it. Yeah, we did something wrong. You know, always, always next year, bud. Yeah, that's true. So, Cumble's done a ton of TV work as well, and some other pretty terrible movies such as College Road Trip and the uh, Brendan Fraser classic Furry Vengeance. First of all, Road Trip, that was a great movie. No, College Road Trip. Wait. The that's... one with Martin Lawrence driving Raven Simone to college. Oh, oh my. Y- yes, yeah. Different didn't, different trip. Didn't didn't Furry Vengeance basically result in, in Brendan Fraser not acting in Hollywood for 20 years? I mean, it it certainly was costly, I feel. Man, yeah. I know he he blames on other stuff, but I feel like that one was kind of a coffin. I feel there. like that was a script you got you got to pass. So that yeah, comes yeah. across the old desk. Uh, Just Friends stars Ryan, I swear, Reynolds as Chris Brander. Amy Crank Smart, who was in the actual road trip, as Jamie Palomino. Anna the House Bunny Ferris as Samantha James. Chris Raindrops Klein as Dusty Dinkelman or Dusty Lee. He walks through the raindrops. You've got Christopher Freddy versus Jason Marquette as Mike Brander. And a token appearance from Stephen Red Stapler Root as KC. I I love him in everything he does. He's a great character actor. I, I know we've recommended Barry a bunch on yeah. the podcast, but he is so effing good in that. I, I love Stephen Root. He's, He's literally good in everything. Uh, yeah. So Just Friends is the unrivaled king of our bombcom series in terms of gross. It took home 50.9 million worldwide, only 32.6 domestic. I couldn't find a budget on it. I can't think it cost that much money, though. Uh, its reviews, however, are middling 42% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with 109 reviews, Metascore of 47, which is weird that 42, 47 doesn't, doesn't really add up to me. And But the user score, which makes sense because I think this is a cult classic of sorts, is a 71%. Now, Onto the important things. How would you describe Just Friends in one sentence? We'll start with Bling Blake. Home for the holidays with a psychopath. Okay. Uh, Captain Cash. Uh, I was going to go with Incel Hallmark movie. I mean, he's not Oh, come on. No, he's not. He's dating hot women and driving fast cars in LA, okay? No, but the overarching message of the film, eh, I mean, a little... 
Wait, wait, would, would it be better if I said, uh, oh, who's the whiny little short jerk who's always bad at, at women for stuff and can't get his wife's vagina wet? Oh, Ben oh, Shapiro? Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Okay. What if Ben Shapiro produced a Hallmark movie? Well, Wrote... he wouldn't because he's Jewish. So it'd have to be like a Hallmark Hanukkah movie. Do they do they, those? They do Hanukkah movies. They do Hanukkah movies? There's not as many. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean, it, a Jewish guy can make a a Goy holiday movie. I don't think Ben Shapiro can. I mean, I think uh, there's money in it. Yeah. Ben Shapiro would. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there one dollar more to be made than he has to put into it? I'm willing to bet he'll do it. T- terror on the New Jersey Prairie, uh, which is literally, if he was chasing you around as a woman, it would be terror on the prairie. Like, get the fuck away from you, angry little dwarf. Leave, yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, I would just describe it as Ryan Reynolds as Jim Carrey in Friend Zoned. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Sure. This was definitely before he had completely like Van Wildered himself. Like he was still Van Wildering here, but not as effectively. The scene in the car where he's like very upset about how a certain interaction went when he does sort of the hump hug, which by the way was apparently oh. a true story. The screenwriter did that to the girl that friend zoned him. He went in for the kiss, she went in for the hug, and it turned into like a a body hump hug like a, a weird bounce situation but uh yeah and then he he goes full jim carrey in the car in that scene oh I'm yeah just saying if if that is what you did it was not that you got friend zone because you were a little husky i mean yeah no certainly that would be the culprit for whatever came next <laughs> here let me voraciously jump make you jump up and down with me awkwardly All right, so let's get into the plot of Just Friends. I'll be pseudo-brief because this is a fairly straightforward movie. I mean, it simply is a guy in high school who's best friends with most popular girl in school, but he's very unattractive, leaves town, you know, finds himself, comes back and wants to avenge whatever ills he felt were foisted upon him in high school, but we can go into more detail, which is Chris Brander is hopelessly in love with his best friend, Jamie Palomino, a love that is unrequited. After being brutally embarrassed during her graduation party, he flees to Soaptown in New Jersey to prove everyone wrong. I'll show you. I'll show all of you. While which riding I mean, the bike away. Like, yeah. how many years do you think have eclipsed that time? I think it's it's 10 years ten. since he's been ten. home. 10 years. Okay. Yep. Because uh, the mom says he hasn't been here in 10 years. Oh, they took it closely. I was following it. Yeah, I mean, and th- this thing worked out well because they decided to make it Christmas or whatever. But it could have just as easily been, you know, a, a high school, 10-year high school reunion thing. True. It's interesting because it's almost like they, they had to create the scenario that the character couldn't want to go back and show off. But once the opportunity presented itself, he he just couldn't resist. Well, that's also like sort of the best part of the movie is is that he is stuck with this absolute lunatic pop star. But yeah, I mean, it, it could have been just about anything. But uh, also the mom was an airplane. So she's great. Yeah. Anna Ferris, awesome. Fantastic. So we flash forward several years and Chris is handsome. 
He's a record exec who has left his stinging past behind. One problem, his boss wants him to sign Samantha James to a lucrative record contract. A very thinly veiled parody of Britney Spears in 2004. She's sort of like an amalgamation of all the pop stars who went crazy at one point in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bit of Christina in there, too. I'm that, sure that, that, that's yeah. fair. Of her dirty with like four R's phase and no I. I mean, that's the poster, right? Like is the, the poster is her with the whipped cream bikini and deep throating banana. So slap yeah. the hand to that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> what ham, honey? Not the one I just bought. Oh, man. Uh, and by the way, this pop star is obsessed with him because at one point in time, they may have taken a roll in the hay. So he's on her private jet. She starts she starts a microwave fire on their flight to Paris. And they're forced to make an abrupt landing in Trenton, New Jersey, of all places. Now Chris odds? Yeah, is forced to go home for the first time in 10 years. When he does so, he runs into Jamie. And old feelings spring up. So it's up to him now to show her what she's missed out on all those years. This, of course, does not go according to plan. As Chris is attempting to woo Jamie, he's frequently having to pawn Samantha James off with his brother. Um, He goes between cocksure and confident to nice guy to having to compete with the returning Dusty Dingleman, the other nerd who had a crush on Jamie in high school. He's Dusty Lee now. And he's also super handsome. And he's also played by Chris Klein in a rare Chris Klein villain appearance, which is pretty fun. God, yeah. Sorry and we're going to get more of these. We're going to talk about uh, that in the lingering questions about who really is the MVP of this movie. Cause it's actually a pretty tight race. That's Klein's fair. up there, man. He's great. Yeah. He does a good job in this. So as all this is going on, most of, of, uh, Brander's attempts turn totally sour. Yeah, gets his ass kicked by children in hockey because he's wearing rented skates. He appears to be losing out to Dinkelman in a in a battle of charming wit. And then Samantha finds out what he's up to and destroys Mr. Brander's super nice Christmas setup with Chris's mom's car. Long story short, he really ticks off Jamie when he tells her that Dusty is only in it for the anger bang. He then also gets super drunk and tells her she peaked in high school. He returns home to get tased by Samantha James and realize I've got to set things straight, guys. And he goes back to New Jersey and professes his love to Jamie Palomino. It it really wraps up like like all is lost to roll credits in about four minutes. It's pretty uh, works out pretty well for him. It really gives you the sense they ran all the way out of money. (laughs) We're out of film. We got to get this going. Just go like film the end scene. We're done. This is 2005. We cannot do this on digital cameras. We're out of money. Guys, it's it's cold as hell out here. We got to get this done. Look at Ryan Reynolds. Come on. He, it would be fine. Happily ever after. If we delay this by six months, he's going to be way too famous for this movie. What are we doing here, guys? I mean, it's Brilliant. funny because this movie definitely came out in like it was post Van Wilder, pre all of his rom com things, and certainly pre Deadpool, which wouldn't be for another decade. So, I mean, he was not the force he is now. Then, not even close. 
I mean, yeah, now been... he's, I mean, he's worth more than, than this movie by like 10 times what this movie made. He's Who's he? Where, where was he uh, at a stronger point in his career? Post Just Friends or post Green Lantern? Well, certainly Green Lantern didn't help, but how he far also, back did that set him? How far did he, he turned, regress? He turned Green Lantern in to like cachet by basically like, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, immediately post, I think he was still stronger here because there was far less expectation. Well, he also turned Green Lantern into a marriage to break to Blake Lively at one point. You know, I mean, and okay, that that's so. fair. If we're if we're counting overall for life yeah green lantern probably better for him in the long run but if we're talking immediate career cachet he was still all right with this after green lantern things were looking a little shaky they weren't looking great and then of course he does x-men origins wolverine not that no origins was first then it was green Lantern. oh so that's like two comic book characters in a row that he essentially just totally butchers so yeah yeah, neither one were his fault no no He's also in Blade Trinity, don't forget. So that's three comic books. Still book not things. his fault. That one actually probably gave him the best rub because he was so friggin' jacked in that movie. He, he was. was super jacked. All right. So in any event, how many beers for Just Friends? Captain Cash, when we converse about this, you seem like the most cynical of us. So what do you think? How many beers are required for Just Friends? It's 90 minutes. It's not like it's not good, but it's not like painful. I'd say it's unlike the last pod where it was three enjoyment. This is two pain, one enjoyment because there are, there are a handful of jokes that are good. I enjoy the brother, and uh, this is I think the first time, I guess since Scary Movie, we got to see Anna Ferris do something other than Scary Movie. I think she's pretty entertaining too. Is what is. Not a villain, but certainly an antagonist. She's supposed to be unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really good at that. So Yeah. And I mean, given what we saw her do in in Scary Movie, where she was basically the ingenue the whole time, it was kind of fun to see her do something different. So, I mean, eh, two pain, one enjoyment. Okay. Uh, Bling Blake, what do you think? I think I just flipped that. I I think it's two enjoyment, one pain, only because there are some jokes and themes that may not have aged super duper well like the concept of the friend zone in general <laughs> i mean yeah only because it's just been so uh abused like you know when this came out and when i, did, I mean did this movie give us the concept of the friend zone did they did this first no. introduce the idea no way we had that a friend term? Yeah, we had a friend who would talk about nothing. No, that's that. that's been around forever. College. I mean, that was uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You know, she winds up sleeping with Damone, even though the other guy is so much nicer. Yeah, but did they say those words? Uh, but th- the that's, friend zone. That's the concept, right? I mean, like it well, been around. It's pretty big. Nice, yeah, nice guys last. Always. I mean, that was the mask, right? Stanley, whatever the hell is he? Nice guys finish last. Yeah. And the Nutty Professor. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But uh, anyway, uh, the point is, there are some things that didn't age super great. Uh, so for that, I give it one pain. But but two enjoyment, one pain, 90 minutes. I liked it. I I, I liked it when it came out. I liked it the first time I saw it. I, I enjoyed watching it for uh, for the pod. Okay, so I will tell you straight up, I love this movie. 
I think this is a every year Christmas movie for me. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I love seeing people who went on to be more famous and also just character actors who randomly pop up. This is two and a half thorough enjoyment beers and a half pain beer because the homophobia is too much. It's like it's even (laughs) too much for the early mid 2000s. It's like sort of absurd how I mean, I get that's how people joked around, but in looking back, it's not great. Not the best look. And they nail the brother vibe. That's true. Like, I mean, that's how brothers behave. Like they frequently and talk to each other, beat the piss out of each other. Yeah. And talk to each other that way. But yeah, it just didn't age that well. Now that we're a little bit older, a little little bit wiser, a little bit less, you know, bigoted. So we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about just friends. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the 220th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking Just Friends, and we are on to lingering questions about this 2005 rom-com, or in the case of this month, bomb-com. The first being, how did this movie age for you, leaving aside some of its more dated elements, because there are many? How is it aged? Because I think it has aged super well. I think it's still very funny. I think it's extremely watchable. And you know what? Ryan Reynolds in comedies is also is always my favorite Ryan Reynolds. He's not a bad serious actor, but when he's really going for it comedically, he's top notch. So what do you think, Bling Blake? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, notwithstanding the things that we were just discussing before the break, again, I, I hadn't I probably hadn't watched this in at least 10 years, um, maybe more. And I thought it was great. The it, it, everything still works. And uh, yeah, and to your point, Reynolds doing comedy is always an A plus. Anna Ferris is great in this. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed the family dynamics. Good. The the story is like like we kind of said a little bit timeless. The whole I'm going to go back to my hometown and show them how awesome I am. It's always a good story. Yeah, very hallmarky as Captain Cash said, but uh. What do you think, Captain how, Cash? How do I think this aged if I leave aside the dated parts? M- minus all the stuff that didn't age well. How did this age? I-, I mean, I don't know. It's. I think you guys have all hit it on the head. It's fun from a nostalgia perspective to see all of these actors, most of whom go on to do significantly more. Chris Clark, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, also, Amy Smart. You know, miss you, but... She, I think she did Scrubs and not a lot since that. But still, it's all right. I still, I don't think this is Ryan Reynolds at his comedic best, right? Here we've said he's a lot more slapsticky, a lot more, not just high energy, but I think he functions better in the Deadpool, Hannibal, whatever he's called in Blade 3. It's Hannibal, Hannibal right? Kane. Hannibal Kane. There you go. Hannibal King, Hannibal Kane. I didn't know. Or or Van Wilder, where it's the motor mouthed kind of snappy stuff. Might Here, be King. Lot... I think yeah. Be... <laughs> Who cares? Wesley Snipes barely showed up for that movie. I can't. I can't fault Ryan Reynolds. That movie sucks. Oh God, I love hearing Patton Oswalt talk about it. <laughs> you were in Blade. 
No, I wish I was. I was in Blade <laughs> 3. Uh, but it's not the best use of Ryan Reynolds and the fake fat makeup they have him in. Of course, it's fat. Like it, it just, it's not wholly believable, I don't think. Well, it's it does the typical thing where you've got the fat suit and and the face and and but the hands are the same so it's yeah. like you got to go the extra mile to to really sell it yeah. and this apparently movie, it took 4 hours to put that face on him he also used to to trick people and be like hey uh hey have you seen Ryan Reynolds around be like yeah he's over that way <laughs> i feel like that's one of those things that the entire crew just humored him on oh i'm have sure you seen Ryan Reynolds uh, around? Yeah, dude, we're all aware of what this is. Um, oh no, where is he, Ryan? <laughs> There's a pretty good, like, little oral history of this movie uh, that oh, came really? out the the 20th anniversary, or the not the 20th, but the, like the 15th anniversary of it. So I'll post that to the socials, but it shares some fun, some fun stuff in there. I mean, like Ryan Reynolds couldn't skate. They're As like a Canadian. That's a big thing. Yeah, he's probably they just in a lot of ass- trouble with him. He just can't go assumed back. he could because he was Canadian. He fell and he separated his shoulder. Oh, <laughs> doesn't he skate in Van Wilder? It must be a stunt double, kind of like because there's because there's a hockey scene in that too, which seems wholly unnecessary. Yeah, if it wasn't to show off his skating skills. So he's, he's really not a skater. A- wow. Yep. I would have bet you a thousand dollars that he played hockey in high school. He's the Dane Gretzky of Canadian actors. <laughs> uh, I think, th- all right, so this is the most important question because of the movie and its themes, but who of us had a Jamie Palomino in high school? Who the girl I dated it? in high school looked like Amy Smart. <laughs> I 100% did. I was, I was friend-zoned, in air quotes, about as hard as one human could be, including, like, buying gifts for this person, <laughs> like... Totally not reading the room. Like, Dude. I, but after you got jacked and became a <laughs> became a successful music producer, you went back, didn't you? And you showed him. Oh, you yeah. Showed I, them all. Totally won her heart. Yeah. <laughs> no, but after I was married, we were at my friend's uh wedding weekend, and Mary McCheese invited my high school crush to like the party <laughs> the night before the wedding. And it was so weird. It's like, why would you do that? I'm married for one thing. <laughs> And he's like, she, I totally got you. And it's like, no, no. So she didn't. wasn't like in the friend group. I mean, she was our friend, but it's like we had none of us had spoken to her in like seven years. It was so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty funny, though. Uh, yeah, I absolutely had the the Jamie Palomino knows probably multiples. Uh, didn't read the room for a long time. Wait, so like, every, everybody did. Wait, who 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 was it? Anybody I remember? Absolutely, I'm not going to air it out on the podcast. There's an there's an off right, chance we'll to follow me out. on Instagram. We'll Better we'll question: out. Who, how, who ma- how, how many songs did you write for for this well, person? Probably the same one you reused, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, same, one song, three different times. Uh, problem is, I don't play guitar, so it was always on the recorder, which was a tougher makes singing uh, romantic. Cell, yeah. You didn't show up with your accordion like Steve Urkel. <laughs> Uh, the accordion would have been a better play, honestly. Maybe she's in really into polka. I polka, was a saxophonist. Polka, but... polka. Maybe you've heard of us. <laughs> we, had a, we had a few hits. <laughs> All right. So number three, favorite gag or joke of the movie. Favorite gag or joke. 
We'll start with Bling Blake this time. As he uh, as he sits here dealing with his past feelings, feeling yeah, miserable. I'm really yeah, it's really bubbling over here. I gotta have some more of these these uh, holidays. Uh, favorite gag or joke? I I guess I liked the hockey one. That 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 is fun. The guy that's like trying to show off the skills and just can't make it happen, and he's so frustrated because he knows he's good at this activity and yet is unable to show off. His skills. Performance anxiety is what you call that. Okay. I am 100% with you, except it's not necessarily the hockey game. It's after he hits his tooth out with the puck that ricochets off the crossbar. And then Dusty Dinkelman shows up with, with Miss Palomino in his arms. And he's got the gauze in his mouth. And he goes, Dinkelman? <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> he goes shooting down the hill. And then lands oh, and face the... first into yeah. the ice. There goes the rest of the teeth. Um and, and you know, Again, well, great physical comedy. Is it the best use of Reynolds? I mean, it, it's so great. I I kept rewinding it. Dinkelman, <laughs> he's so he's so handsome. Anything that, that messes with his face, you know, is you know that's that's a good gag. Just making you feel better. About exactly. Yeah. I mean, you also. I mean, the movie really picks up after Dinkelman shows up, and then because my second favorite would be when he's conversing with his friend, his best friend from high school, who's now a dentist, and he's really down on himself. He's like, are you kidding me, man? You're from L.A. You drive fast cars and date hot women. He's from Jersey. He skis in his jeans. <laughs> uh, so Ohio is just the Jersey of the Midwest, probably. Nah, that's definitely more the, Pittsburgh. The Midwest but... <laughs> is the Jersey of America. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of homies skiing in jeans over at Perfect North Slopes. Uh, tops and bottoms including big blake <laughs> including me well i got the straight people i always i always scotch guard my jeans before i go out in the snow canadian tuxedo bling out on the slopes <laughs> damn skippy man got the tassels on my jacket T- asking people if they've seen damned river <laughs> asking people if they want to live damned river yeah all right captain cash what do you think Anything the brother and Chris Klein do is pretty great. From the previously mentioned ham slapping uh, to honestly, they don't let Klein be smarmy enough. And here he's at peak smarm, and I appreciate it. Dude, it's great, which leads us into the last question, which is obviously Ryan Reynolds is the big winner of this movie. I would say that Anna Ferris also big winner of this movie. Uh, but who's the MVP in terms of the characters? Who carries just friends? Captain Cash. It's got to be the antagonists. It's the villains. It's Anna Ferris and Chris Klein. Now, if you, which yeah. which one more? Yeah. Oh, I want to say Anna Ferris because it feels like I ought to because she does such a good job. But I, I, I'm gonna say Chris Klein. I really, I really did appreciate him as bad guy. Okay. And I do have like major points for both of them. Why either of them could be the MVP. But uh, before that, Bling Blake. It's little bro. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. Good call. It's little, it's, it's, it's little brother. Uh, what was, what is that actor's name? Christopher Marquette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Their interactions are so funny and the fighting, the slapping, uh, you know the way like they like kick each other like at like one last shot. Uh, so maybe it's maybe it's the chemistry between Reynolds and and Marquette. 
that that's the true MVP, but those two were great together. And they, they really did a good job of hamming that up, uh, pun intended. When he spits on him and he's, as he's holding <laughs> him down, I have a thousand percent done that to someone. <laughs> so, yes. But my pick is between uh, Anna Ferris and Chris Klein because Captain Cash chose Chris Klein. I won't, although I will say when she basically tells him that she sees him as a good friend he's like what (laughs) and then he slaps the girl's ass and threatens to punch her boyfriend it is magic and he's like ah ah." he just (laughs) snaps at the end it's so good but anna ferris wearing the ice pack on her head with all the toothpaste foaming out of her mouth (laughs) 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 it's pretty clutch she did a, she did such a good job. I, I love her. She was great in this movie. She really is like it's such a like you're you're gonna be perhaps typecast after this as oh you're so good at being crazy. Can you be crazy in our movie? But she's great in this movie. This is uh the, I think the only thing that's sad about this is you know at this point in time she's probably married to Chris Pratt. Around-ish, not yet. I think it's a little bit before. I think after "Take Me Home Tonight," which we did on this pod, they were together during that time. So, um, but you know, she was regardless at this point in time, she's a, a, a much bigger star than him, and you can see why. Like, oh man, he probably was like, I just hit it out of the park, and then suddenly a few years later, he's way more famous than her and leaves her, and that makes me not like Chris Pratt. A little bit sometimes. Uh, it was 2007 in which they met. Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris were engaged in late 2008. So okay. this is a pre-Pratt Anna Ferris. Pre-Pratt Anna Ferris. So that is definitely right in the wheelhouse of Take Me Home Tonight, which sat on the shelf for a number of years. And that's a fantastic uh, rom-com as well, which is very similar to this guy who was friend-zoned in high school. Returns home, seemingly. But yeah. And check that out if you haven't seen it and listen to the pod. Uh, So that takes us into our second break. When we come back, we've got the Simply Dusty Trivia Challenge. Hello and welcome back to the 220th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops and the culmination of our bomb comms with Just Friends. We are on to the competitive portion of the pod with the Simply Dusty Trivia Challenge. Tonight, gentlemen, we've got a standard five-question, multiple-choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for the Samantha James poster collection in Mike Brander's bedroom. If you Steph- guys think I don't already have all of those posters, you're insane. Stuff yeah, has seen some things. are less sticky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your chimes are, when Jamie smiles, or he skis in his jeans, or Tinkleman. Or any of the pod standards will also suffice. Gentlemen, are we ready? Let's do this. Eagleman. All right. Number one. The majority of filming for Just Friends took place in this Canadian province. Is it A, Ontario? Is it B, Saskatchewan? Is it C, Alberta? Is it D, Manitoba? Or is it D, Nova Scotia? Eagleman! Captain Cash. B, Saskatchewan. It is Saskatchewan. Uh, it is. Attempts, All right. 
while they were filming this movie, the temperatures were frequently well below zero. So no Celsius, who cares? Yeah, no fake in that breath. All right, we are one to nothing. Captain Cash, we're on to number two, which is according to the writer of the film, Adam Tex Davis. And yes, he based this on his own experience. As I said, the uh, body shaking scene, which they had to shoot like a number of times and it wound up costing them like tens of thousands of dollars because they couldn't get it right. Uh, anyways, because both of them were laughing, or because the director demanded something different. Yeah, no, it has to be true to film. Yeah, it's so, true to how I remember it. It's got to be more humpy. So when he submitted this script, the initial idea being tossed around for at were for Adam Sandler to star opposite this actress. Is it A. Julia Roberts? Is it B. Jennifer Aniston? Is it C, Drew Barrymore, or is it D, Reese Witherspoon? Dinkleman. Ooh, Captain Cash gets it. They went on a tear, Barrymore and him. Incorrect. Barrymore. It is oh. not Drew Barrymore. I mean, of the actresses. I mean, frequently collaborate. it was a good guess. That, but... was a, yeah. that was a trap, but I appreciate it. She, she's she's seems, a... She also seems like she's got that very like high school sweetheart Absolutely. appeal. You know? yeah. All right, Blink Blake, what do you think? He's keys in his jeans. All right. What do you got? Jennifer Aniston. Incorrect. It was Julia Roberts. Really? Yeah. I thought there was no way her old ass wow. would be the, the one across from, from Sandler. Now, this is part of the oral history where old he ass was kind of harsh. She's she, old. Well, Compared you know Sandler? what? We're, we're all. I don't know. I mean, they're in their 50s. She is older than Sandler. Yes. Okay, fair. She but looks she better was, than Sandler. She was America's sweetheart, guys. Yeah, that's Come about on. drier than the ocean, Chief. I don't know what kind of a compliment that is. Yeah. Oh, that's Julia not Roberts, Adam Sandler's who, not bad looking. Who was once considered like the prettiest woman on earth for 15 years straight, or the guy that wears basketball shorts down to his ankles. Like, come on. <laughs> to the bank. <laughs> yeah. So we are at. I'm the one withdrawing my money. It shouldn't matter how I'm dressed. I'm skipping. You got a problem uh, with it. It's you, not me. So we're at one to nothing. Captain Cash, number three in its opening weekend, Just Friends, earning $13.2 million, finished sixth. Which of these films did it beat? Is it A, Yours, Mine, and Ours, which is a wretched, wretched film? Is it B, In the Mix? Is it C, Chicken Little? Or is it D, Rent? 525,600 minutes. Not to answer this question. You've got to do it now. Google now. Captain Cash. Rent? Incorrect. Oh, you just went for it so hard, I thought. Rent made $17.1 million that we had. Blake, Blake, it is down to you. Which is also the theme of a Freddie Prinze movie. Which, you know, he kicked off this month, so. Let's go with In in the Mix. That was an option. Correct. That is a film in which Usher plays a DJ, and it made $6.1 million. (laughs) The whole time? Well, that weekend. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) Yours, Mine, and Ours, which is essentially cheaper by the dozen if it were even worse than it already is, made $24.3 million. Chicken Little made $16.9 million. That was later in its run, I believe. But yes, I kind of wondered. Yeah, I think it was like its third or fourth weekend. So uh, that brings us to number four. We are tied one to one. And I think you guys will both know this one. But Anna Faris and Ryan Reynolds co-starred in what other 2005 comedy? 
Is it A, waiting? Is it B, definitely, maybe? Is it C, accepted? Or is it D, Van Wilder? Bring one. Captain Cash. Just waiting. It's waiting. Ah! She waiting. is also a waitress at uh, whatever TGI Fridays uh, they work Knock at. That is. It's not Bennigan's. What the fuck was that called? I, Bennigan's? You guys don't no. know Bennigan's? You talk about shenanigans? I, I uh, pistol I, I whip the, sh- the next one of you that says that. <laughs> hey, Farva. What's that place like with all the goofy shit on the walls? Tell you about shenanigans? Uh, you know, before the internet, this is what we white folk used to do. To <laughs> quote movies in a circle. I hope you, the listener, enjoy it. It is essentially the premise of all the seasons of this pod. Yeah, 222 episodes. <laughs> We're going to quote some movies at you and get drunk. Listen, things happen, you know. Sometimes, you, sometimes you quote average movies. Sometimes you quote below Very average funny movies. movies. <laughs> uh, uh, for, for the record, I love the movie Waiting. And also for the record, way too many of my college rugby friends saw me stick my wiener and appendages between my legs and give them the goat in a broom closet. Yep. You definitely could have could have kept that in the lockbox. But here we are. I thought we were in the trust tree <laughs> with the nest. You were in the cone of silence. And uh so yeah, Bling Blake. Hmm. Probably a felon. Can't be sure. But he's down two to one in this quiz, which is worse. Uh but fear not you have a chance to both tie and win. And this one all comes down to the group all for one. They were behind the the sensational song, I Swear. And the group included all of these singers except for, is it A, Tony Borowiak, B, Jamie Jones, C, Delicious Kennedy, D, Alfred Navarez, or E, Wanya Morris. I fucking hate you. Parts and tarts. <laughs> Captain Cash. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go it wasn't with, a chime in. <laughs> with delicious whatever it was. Delicious Kennedy was part of All for One. Of All for One. Uh, somebody named Navarez. Is that their last name? There was an Alfred Navarez. Alfred. Navarez. Let's go with Alfred Navarez. Incorrect. Navarez. It was. It was Wanya Morris, because he's part of Boys to Men, BBC, oh. ABD, the East Coast family. Uh, anyways. I'm starting to get a clearer picture of why you were just friends in high school. Yeah, you've got a bonus question to tie this up, Bling Blake. Because I swear, spent quite a long time at number one on the Billboard charts. And I'm going to say the closest answer gets it. How many weeks it was, I swear... By the moon and the stars in the sky. At number one. I'll be look, we're not doing that. Okay. Closest answer gets it. Farts and tarts. Oh, wait, we're doing prices, right? Yeah. But go ahead, go first. So so closest period or closest, closest not going over? No, closest period. Okay. I'm gonna go with 19 weeks. Okay, Captain Cash. I guess I'll go with 20 weeks. You're such a oh. fucking asshole. <laughs> and take the, take the infinite above number versus the Captain 21 Cash. weeks. <laughs> Captain Cash miscalculated. It was 11 oh, no. weeks. We How have a tie, weeks? which means you guys split the posters. Yeah. Bling Blake, like, because you got that answer right, you get the one with the banana and the whipped cream bikini. Yeah. That's the one I need a new one of. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the uh, one I wore out. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, cause, cause the sun. Damage. I was doing a, I was doing a Shawshank situation. I was digging. I had made a tunnel. Guys, it was in my it was in my sunroom. I swear, <laughs> no shades in there. Uh, so two to two, you're splitting the posters. Uh, that's great. I'm all about uh, socialism. So let's get on to our recommendations. Oh my god, hold on! Breaking news podcast. Andre Brower, dead no. at sixty one. Publicist no. says, "Nope, not doing that. that. We're not going to deal with that. That's really sad." That's very sad. God he's great. He's so good on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's great in everything. So yeah. RIP Andre Brower. RIP Andre Brower. Here's my recommendations. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Homicide Life on the Street. Do it. Uh, but what are our actual recommendations? That does really suck, though. That's terrible news. Uh, we'll start with Captain Cash. What's your recommendation for this week? Uh, I got to see Godzilla minus one. It was great. Told you you'd steal my Godzilla recommendation. Uh, listen, I, I have very what a scumbag. <laughs> we can share it for the record, listeners. I told him to see it because he I did. also agree it is very good, and it's probably it's a top three to top five live uh, Toho produced Godzilla film, if not the even, best Toho produced Godzilla film. So I don't know if I need the qualifier of top three best Toho live action. Godzilla. I mean, it's it's the best guy. It's one of the best Godzilla movies ever made. Period. Yeah. End of story. Uh, and certainly the most important since the original, I think. So, yeah, it's the first time it felt like, oh, message. Yeah. In a year where Oppenheimer came out and really didn't show you any of what that bomb did, this isn't, this is like a compliment to that movie. You should see this because this is broken, morally defeated, and, des- and destroyed Japan in the aftermath of World War II and particularly focusing on a kamikaze pilot who lost his nerve and is living with a lot of trauma and regret and guilt. And it's a very good movie. And I, I can't recommend you see it enough. And from what I understand, they're, they're going to keep it in uh, U S theaters, like through December. So you've got nice. plenty of time and you should see it. It's just a very, very good movie. And it's kind of like we're in the sweet spot as Godzilla fans, because we get the big dumb monster movie with Godzilla and Kong, which is like, all right, cool. They're going to beat the shit out of something. And we get like the emotionally resonant Godzilla movie with Godzilla minus one. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Blink Blake, what do you got for us? Besides dour news. Is Godzilla the one that is a dinosaur or is he the big monkey? Don't don't do this. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because Part of the word for Godzilla is actually uh, the Japanese pronunciation of gorilla. So there you go. I don't know if I've ever told you guys the more this, you know. But my college rugby team, which was good at the game of rugby, I'm sorry, um, you did played you it. All Ohio Classic. Yeah. Just because you you always beat us doesn't make yeah. you good. Think, Congratulations, yeah. you beat yeah. the Bad News Bears. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, we had a we had a play uh, called Gazelle that was effectively like a a, a, a fly half to, to fullback pass, uh, so just kind of a, a running play. But my my sophomore year, we had a Japanese exchange student uh, who was a really really good fly half named Hiroki. Uh, 
And so we changed the name of Gazelle to Godzilla so that when Hiroki called it uh, out on the field, it was our one Japanese player yelling, Gazira! And usually we were able to outrun our opponents because they were laughing. Oh, so not only were you a bad rugby team, but you were racially you were a racist rugby team too. <laughs> racially insensitive. It's not, well. it's not racist when Hiroki's the one doing it. He it was his idea. You're the one who shackled him with that play. <laughs> it's a great play. All right. Give us your actual recommendations. All right. My actual recommendations are I know I've mentioned this before, but it is Ryan Reynolds. Uh if you haven't checked out Welcome to Wrexham yet, yeah. you should do it. I'm I'm a huge soccer fan anyway, uh, but this this show has just kind of captured my heart and a lot of other people's hearts, and it's really cool to see this town and this club coming along because of Ryan Reynolds and uh, and uh, Rob McElhenney. It's really neat to see. For another Ryan Reynolds recommendation, though, if you haven't seen The Hitman's Bodyguard, you should have because it came out five years ago or something, six years ago. But you should check that out. I think it's probably on Netflix. Uh, Reynolds and Samuel have a good old time. Thunderous Wizard and I were talking about this before the the podcast tonight. I, I've heard that the sequel is not quite as good with, with Salma Hayek, but who knows? Uh, but we get we get Ryan Reynolds doing the action comedy thing, which is which is always good. And also, T-Dubs, I watched a recommendation from last week, two weeks ago, of BlackBerry with, with Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton. It was a while ago, but yeah. It was a while ago. It was yeah. good. Um, it was really good. Uh, and I liked it. I saw it on the plane. So, seconded. It's a very good movie. Uh, I have, I had Godzilla Minus One on my mind, but uh, I knew I would need more stuff. So, I have, I have some other things for you. Uh, I finished all right, all right, all right. The uh, oral history of Dazed and Confused, and if you love that movie, like like we obviously did when we did it on the pod, uh, that book is totally worth your time. It's very um, insightful into how that movie changed uh, the lives of a lot of those actors, how unique of an experience that movie was for a lot of those actors, um, how that movie essentially, like, I mean, with McConaughey stumbled into that thing and, and winds up becoming like this absolute superstar. So um, we shared some of the stories when we did that podcast, but there's way more in there. So you should definitely check it out. It's a very quick read. It was great. I watched Sizu, which is the movie about the Finnish gold miner who is essentially accosted by some fleeing Nazis as they kind of burn their way through uh, Finland in hopes that they don't have to go back to the war because they know the war is lost and they steal his gold. And guess what? This dude's a bad motherfucker. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. I wouldn't say it's like the, it's not like John wick levels of awesome, but it was pretty cool. And then I watched Sly on Netflix, the documentary about Sly Sloan, which gave me a lot of behind the scenes stuff about his early life that I wasn't really familiar with. And I just thought he was really a reflective and intelligent guy. So I really enjoyed that. And it's only like an hour and a half long. So it's not like the Arnold documentary, which I would say is better, but it's also a much larger commitment because it's three full episodes. So definitely watch Sly. I, I liked it a lot. So remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Uh, I think we're going to be fleeing that platform soon due to its awfulness and uh, 
stay tuned for where we go i, I assume find us on threads on, baby on on threads yeah uh so captain cash regardless will be at c-a-p-t-c-a-s-h on most social media chumpzilla who should be returning soon can be found at chumpzilla8 on twitter mccheese is again dead he tried to steal a finished man's gold and it went poorly and Bling Blake can be found on Twitter at Bling Blake. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on one of these social medias uh, to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, I just want you to remember one thing. Forgiveness is more than saying sorry. Samantha James's workshopping song that would probably go number one. Forgiveness. This is more than saying sorry. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. We only have like a couple episodes before we'll take a couple week break before season six, but there's rumblings that we could debate what the better Christmas movie is, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. Of course, you know where I fall on that scale. And Bling Blake, foolishly, thinks Lethal Weapon is better as a Christmas movie. It's it's yeah. It, it's not that it's a better movie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's more of a Christmas movie. Well, I'm you're also other yeah. separately wrong thing. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not correct. But so I think that's what we're gonna do. We'll have a, a nice debate style format, meaning you can't tell people they're wrong. You have to counterpoint or refute their claim in a natural way. Regardless, Blink Blake is wrong. So I broke the rules right there. Yeah, we'll but you know that. what? I am a master debater. And that's why your posters are so sticky. <laughs> <laughs>